This morning, our, new, our gospel lesson is going to come from the book of Matthew. We're reading from Matthew's gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now, I invite you to stand as you're able, in body or in spirit, for the reading of our gospel lesson. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising. We have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. Calling together all the chief priests, the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea. For it is so it has been, been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He then sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I may also go and pay him homage. When they, had heard, the, when they heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child would marry his mother. They knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening the treasure gifts, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I would love to own a gym. Now, I don't want to own a gym the entire year. I really just want to own the gym during January. Because we all, on New Year's Eve, about 11.30 said, hmm, should I have this piece of cake? You know what? I'm going to have this piece of cake, but tomorrow, New Year's Day, I'm not going to eat this cake. I'm going to stop eating dessert. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to work out. This is the year that I'm going to work out. So, you know, you get yourself all hyped up that this year I'm going to do it. So I'm going to exercise. I'm going to, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do whatever it is. And so you start off in January 1, you go down to Planet Fitness and you sign up, man, and you're there. You're on the treadmill and you're doing the elliptical and the Zumba and the whatever else you do there. And you're fired up. It's great, man. You're, you're killing it. It's January the 9th, and it's raining. And you say, you know what? One day won't hurt, will it? One day won't hurt. And, you know, the 10th's kind of hard, too. The 11th. And then it's August. <laughs> and you had not been back yet. I don't want to own a gym in August. I just want to own it during January. I think that's where the money is. I think it's in January. You know, we, we are in that season of New Year's. You know, last Sunday, we did things a little bit backwards here in the church, just based off calendaring. Today is Epiphany. Today is the day that we, well, technically, Friday was Epiphany. Epiphany is, is January 6th. Thus, the, the 12 days of Christmas, starting on Christmas Day, going up to Epiphany, where we celebrate something each day. Because when you read the scriptures, the wise men, as opposed to what your nativity scenes tell you, they weren't there on Christmas night. They showed up 
we don't know for sure, but Scripture leads us to think a couple years later, because if you were to keep reading today's passage in, into the next story, you see they don't go back to Herod. Herod gets mad. Herod has all the babies to an underkilled. So we think, Jesus, we think the wise men probably showed up about two years after Jesus was born. So they got there then. So technically, Epiphany Sunday was supposed to have been last Sunday, and today was Baptism of the Lord Sunday. We kind of swapped it just based off of the fact that Epiphany was closer to the day. And then also that gave us the chance last week to do one of my favorite services, and that's a renewal of baptism. Now, I love the concept of renewing your baptism. I love the concept of renewing the vows that we make to God. Because, you know, when we're baptized, when we join the church, when we have our children baptized, we make promises to God. We make promises to be faithful, to worship, to serve, to do these type of things. So we, we have these promises that we've made to God. And I think it's an important and, frankly, a good thing to every so often to stop, to reflect, to look at how we're doing with our keeping of the promises that we made to God. My, my friends in 12-step programs would call this a spiritual inventory or a moral inventory. Let's look and see how we are doing with the keeping of the promises that we made to God. That's, that's very much like, frankly, New Year's resolutions, aren't they? You know, every New Year's, we, we stop and we say, this year I'm going to do X. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to read more. Maybe they have a spiritual component. Maybe this year I'm going to be more faithful to church. I'm going to give more. I'm going to serve more. I'm going to do these type of things. So we do that in this season. And these are good things. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of New Year's resolutions. Like most folks, I don't keep them perfectly. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I keep them perfectly every year. But I think it's a good spiritual practice to stop And every so often, have that time of spiritual reflection, of spiritual inventory taking, just to see how we're doing with the things of God, the things that we've promised. It's a very good and healthy process. Now, the wise men are some of my favorite folk in Scripture. You know, you may have watched our wise men out front kind of every day creep a little closer to Epiphany Sunday when they arrived at the manger. You know, I love the wise men. I love their story. And they're, they're, they're very interesting characters. We don't know exactly um, who they were. Most scholars believe that they were uh, from Persia. They came from the east. That typically means Persia. And they would have been, we think, probably priest in the Zoroastrian religion is what most scholars think. And this is why. The Zoroastrians, they built temples, and they were dedicated to the study of the stars. The Zoroastrians were kind of, in many ways, your first astrologist, if you will. They studied the stars. They knew the heavens. And so there you have these Gentile priests of another religion, what did they do? Well, they noticed, because they studied the heavens, they noticed there is this new star in the heavens, a star that would be dedicated or purposeful towards a new king of the Jews. So what do they do? They get on their camels. Like like, like Betty said, they didn't have maps. They didn't have GPS. You know, I can barely get home without GPS sometimes. Think about how many of our old movies, the key purpose, the key plot point was trying to find a map or a phone. 
Every old movie comes down to that. Now we got all that in the palm of our hand at all, at all times. The wise men, they didn't have any of that. They just see this star in the heavens. And what do they do? They follow it. And they get to Jerusalem. And they go to Herod. They say, hey, you're the king of the Jews. We saw, we saw a star in the heavens that said the new king of the Jews had been born. Where is he? We would love to worship him. Well, Herod was the current king of the Jews. And if you know anything about Herod, he was not looking for a successor. He was a big fan of his power, and he did not want to lose it. So this is what I think is so interesting about the wise men. These were Gentiles. These were pagans. They had no knowledge of the prophecies, of the scriptures, of the teachings of the Jews. They were most likely Persian. They had no clue. So what does Herod do? What calls his religious folk? He calls the teachers of the law and says, hey, where, where is the one to be born king of the Jews? Where is he be born at? And they go, well, easy. The Bible says in, in Bethlehem. It says right here. So the folks who had no reason to look for the birth of the Messiah saw it. The, the, the wise men had no reason to be looking for Jesus. They had none. They had no reason to look for Jesus. But yet they were paying attention and they saw the star that meant Jesus was born. And the very folks who should have been looking for him, those, those religious leaders who knew the Bible, they could, they, they, went, they could quote it right off the bat. They quoted the Bible to Herod. They knew. They missed it. They weren't paying attention. It's not just that we read the Bible. It's not just that we know the Bible. But y'all, we got to pay attention. We got to pay attention. We got to be looking with our spiritual eyes and listening with our spiritual ears and listening for Jesus each day so that we may know how to follow him. And may know where it is that he is calling us to go. The folks who shouldn't have known saw it because they were paying attention. The folks who should have known missed it because they weren't. We have to pay attention. One thing I really like about the wise men is that everything they did was a choice. They couldn't just hop in the car and run out of Dollar General. Everything was a choice. They, on, on purpose, they chose to look at the heavens. They chose. It was a purposeful choice to look at the heavens. Then it was a purposeful choice to, to get on their camels and ride west, not really even knowing where they're going. That was a choice they made. They chose it. Then they chose to go to Herod and say, hey, where's the new king? Then they chose to go to Bethlehem. Then when God gave them a vision, they chose to go home by another route. Do you see how every choice they made was on purpose? On, pur on purpose, Everything they did was a choice they made that was purposeful. There were no accidents with them. They purposely chose over and over to do what they thought was the right thing and to follow what they saw. They chose repeatedly. It was on purpose. And we see them give their gifts. Like we said, they got there probably about two years after Jesus was born. And it says they have gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's also very interesting. Um, you know, this is kind of reading spiritually into it. But the three things he was given, gold was for a king. Frankincense 
was used as an incense used in worship. Myrrh was was something that was used to prepare a body for burial. And the three gifts given, they honored his kingship, the gold. They ordered his divinity, the frankincense. And they honored the fact that he was going to die for our sins with the myrrh to prepare his body. Do you see the beauty even in there? Now, we don't know this for a fact, but tradition is, you know, after, after the wise men came, after the wise men came, Herod sent his henchmen to go kill the babies in Bethlehem. And Jesus and Mary and Joseph escaped from Bethlehem to Egypt. Tradition is that they used these gifts the wise men gave them to survive. And that was where they had the money to live as exiles in Egypt for those years. The wise men are incredibly important characters in the story of Jesus. And like I said, everything that they chose, everything they did was a choice. They did it on purpose. They chose to do it. So here we are on the first regular Sunday of the new year. A lot of exciting things happening in our church this year. A lot of exciting things happening in your life. Future's laid out in front of you. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Is this the year that you're going to read the Bible more? That, that you're going to get serious about reading the Bible more? Maybe this is the year that you want to serve your church more through worship and through other means that we talked about. Maybe this is the year that you want to give more. Maybe this is the year that you want to be really consistent with worship. We, it's really, y'all, it's a very good thing for us to take assessment of we are and figure out where do we want to be more faithful this coming year? Where, where are we as individuals? Frankly, where are we as a church? What are we choosing to do? What, what are our goals that we have this year? What do we resolve to do? What do we want to do? Tim told me his only resolution was for me to preach longer. It really hurts his heart when I preach a short sermon. So, Tim, I will do my best to honor that this year. I'll do my best. You're welcome. (laughs) One of my favorite books by C.S. Lewis, if you've never read it, you need to add it to your reading list. It's called The Screwtape Letters. It's a phenomenal book. Screwtape Letters. C.S. Lewis said it was the easiest book he ever read. Screwtape Letters is is a book that Lewis writes. It's It's a senior devil in hell named Screwtape writing to a younger devil, Wormwood, who has been assigned to keep a, Christ, a new Christian from growing. So the entire book is advice, if you will, that Screwtape offers to Wormwood on how to keep a Christian from growing. We're going to talk about this book more. I'm going to preach on spiritual warfare later in this year. But that's a, such a good book. If you've not read it, I would encourage you to read it. And one of my favorite quotes that Screwtape tells Wormwood is this. It's kind of deep, so stick with me, but I think it's going to make a difference. Always let them feel, but never act. For the more they feel and the less they act, the less they will feel. There's nothing the devil would rather you do than feel bad about your inadequacies right now 
and then do nothing about it. What is your plan for this year? What is your goal? What is your purpose? What are you going to do about it? How are you going to accomplish it? Because there's nothing the devil would rather you do than say, you know, this year I'm going to read the Bible more. I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to do it. But you don't have a plan or a goal or even an accountability. And then you hit Leviticus. and You're like, I'm done. I just can't with these crops. I don't care. I don't care. And you're done. Remember how easy it is to miss exercising on the rainy, cold day in January? And you look up in August and you have to be back to the gym? It's really hard to not do it the first time, but the second, third, and fourth are a lot easier. Always let them feel, but never act. For the more they feel and the less they act, the less they will feel. I've never been a real toe-stomping preacher because, quite frankly, we often mistake conviction for repentance. Conviction is feeling bad about your sins. Repentance is doing something about them. I don't want you to feel bad about areas where you're messed up in your life. We all mess up. What I want us to do is for the people of God to do something about it. Whatever your goals are for this year spiritually, we're here to help you with that. That's why I started the Rooted in Christ thing a few years back. I got a crazy belief. My belief is that if I get you reading the Bible every day, God's going to do something. If you read, I truly believe that if we will consistently read the Bible each day, God will do something. So, uh, it doesn't have to be rooted. It doesn't have to be rooted. That's not the only way we read the Bible. My my sweet wife, who's not here to defend herself right now, um, married 27 years. She doesn't go to my Bible studies. Because as she tells me, Andy, I've been listening to you chase the same rabbits for 20 years. I just wish you'd catch one of them. <laughs> Hearing me pride alone does nothing for her. But we sat down and helped her find the devotional that works within her schedule and within her life. Do you want to read the Bible more this year? Talk to me. Talk to Beth. Talk to Brian. Talk to any of us. We want to help you do that too. Do you want to serve more? Come talk to us. Do you want to go on a mission trip? We can help you. Do you want your children or your youth to grow up in the church? Come talk to us. Part of our job as your staff and as your church is to help you achieve the spiritual resolutions or goals that you have for your life and for your family. Reach out to us. That's what we want. We want to help you have a plan and a purpose because the more we feel and the less we act, the less we will feel. There's nothing the devil would rather you do more than feel convicted about something or want to do something and then do nothing about it. Because then in time, it's August, and we hadn't been to the gym in four months. So what do you want to do this year? What are your spiritual goals? Where do you want to serve God? Where do you want to be faithful? What do you feel called to do? There's a great thing. You know those little, uh, I love memes, and I love like church sign memes, bad church signs that just don't make any sense or that are real funny. One of my favorite ones is a church put on the sign said, don't let worry kill you, let the church help. (laughs) 
What do you feel called to do? Let the church help. Let us be your church. And let us help you live out faithfully whatever it is that you feel called by God to do. The wise men acted with purpose and acted with faithfulness. May we do the same. Let's pray.